video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your hosts to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 178 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike, I'm here with Grizz, and we're here with our very special and loved guest, Mr. Ernie Kegstan from the Ladies of Graves <laughs> Podcast. He is looking oh. mighty fine tonight, I might add, too. I, I'm not going to give away our movie yet, but let me just tell everybody, he is dressed appropriately for yeah. the occasion tonight. He came decking the battle. halls with all of the balls, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say when you when you say um, you know dress for the occasion for this movie this week, I'm I'm like okay, cool, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really have to like change much about your appearance either. I no, mean, this is pretty much your like no. you know, yeah. your Thursday afternoon uh, attire. Yeah, I could run to the What's store it, like, after this. Ninety degrees out there. No, it's like 25 right now. It's pretty cold. Holy what? shit. Yeah. Blowing my mind right now, dude. <laughs> oh, you're a brave man wearing that. Jesus. <laughs> no, it's not the Deadly Prey shorts either, unfortunately. That <laughs> <laughs> we can see anyways. <laughs> so we are getting closer to the Christmas holiday. And I guess, uh, like they say, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, right? Yeah, I had like 65 mile per hour winds and rain storms. It's looking super Christmassy around my house. Down to trees everywhere. Everyone well, you're was in out, Buffalo. Yeah, like everyone was out fucking power all the last 48 hours here in the city. Uh, it's been fun. Damn. Well, like up there, you get lake effect snow, right? That's the main. That's our. That's our baby right there. Bread and butter of weather. Now, does does the same thing happen with like rain? Like, does it oh, come yeah, off dude, the lake like, and just fucking destroy you? Yeah, lake effect rain is is equally as fucking heavy and like it's weird, man. Because like when it, when it comes to lake effect weather, it comes in these really narrow bands of of like weather patterns. So like within like two miles, like at my house, I live in like a, like what we consider like South Buffalo, basically. Uh, and like we're known for getting fucking pounded with lake effect snow, but the actual city downtown Buffalo, not so much. It's like fucking three miles from me, but that like Damn. three mile difference makes so much of a difference where like weather comes off the lake, man. It's crazy. Even farther That's south, wild. buried all fucking winter, dude. It's insane down that there. Sucks. I would hate to live in like southern western tier New York. Those guys are brave as fuck. I love snow, but I don't know if I want 10 feet of it. Dude. And that's like a, the normal. In like February, bro, they're getting like feet at a time all the time down there. So it's nuts. You better no own thanks. a fucking. Actually, I don't even know if a snowblower would help you. No. Yo, like, what was a fucking 2013, man? We had uh, a winter storm here where we got 13 feet of snow in about 48 <laughs> hours' time. Uh, oh, like people God. had to like they shut it down man like people couldn't go anywhere people were like walking to stores and stuff because you couldn't drive anywhere because the plows couldn't fucking clear that much snow and shit mm -hmm. dude it was yeah, yeah where's it gonna go so people were like shoveling their roofs off so like the roofs wouldn't collapse and shit the national guard came in like 
Dude, it was a, a wild experience. Like the first ever time where I was like, bro, weather is going to like fucking kill me, <laughs> dude. This shit's nuts, man. You live in a one story house, right? Yeah. Did it hit the roof? Oh yeah, dude. People in like houses like mine, like if you weren't if you weren't going out and shoveling your roof, your fucking house was collapsing mm-hmm. for sure. Wow. You yeah. were just getting completely covered in snow. Like Buried. it would be gone by the morning. Well, let's think about lake effect too, is that it, it's 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 fucking heavy. Like it's wet snow. So like when it starts piling up, dude, it, you don't understand how heavy snow can actually get when yeah. it starts like piling up feet at a time. So it's it's no joke, man. Have they ever made a horror movie that they use like lake effect snow as kind of like the the catalyst where the people get stuck somewhere? I feel like I haven't seen that. I haven't, but uh, I think that's a, a great a great premise to set up though, like because it is very sporadic and it can happen like a, a turn of like the the change of the wind can make all the yeah. difference in how much snow you're getting. So mm-hmm. it's been an so interesting do, story. So you do something like that. It's like the fog, but it's Viking ghosts. Oh my god! Like the dude, lake Viking, effect snow. Get the fuck out of here! That's great. That I love that. That's a good one. Don't man. put this in the okay. show so that we can fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Ek, you can have that idea. Write that yeah. one for us. Yeah, just I think, give me a credit. I think it's a tech. Technically, it's a copyright if you've said it already on public record. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you nice. used it right. Yeah. It's like. Remember back in the day when you would be in a band and they're like, no, if you like mail yourself the CD, like it, it like counts. Like that's how you prove that you did it. Yep. It's like, what? I had a true story. <laughs> true story, man. I was going through my parents' house earlier this year, digging through stuff that I had completely forgot about and up on an old bookshelf that used to belong to me, but my dad had taken over when I left, you know, for college. I, I was going up there and I found a little envelope pulled it out it was my handwriting it had a stamp and everything on it i'm like what is this i open it up and sure enough it was all the lyrics and the tab to my band's album from high school because we had this wow. bright idea when we were 16 that if i mailed everything to myself that would be a copyright so it's i've actually done that as a teenager bro totally forgot about it awesome please yeah. Please release that as your new album. Like, oh, yeah. you yeah. have the tabs, you. you have you the it. lyrics. Let's make this happen. I think this you is don't want to hear it. Idea. Let's recreate it. Let's recreate it. The angst of down. your childhood brought back to oh, yeah. oh my god, Ek. How have you never told me about this? Yeah, this is this is peak time too. This is ninety six, ninety seven. So oh, I you don't want to hear that that time of my my musical career. Can you at least? Can you send me the tabs to one song? I threw them away. Don't, you don't. <laughs> I threw them away. Uh, what? Yeah, I didn't need I, them for I anything. I would love to see like no. the guitar tabs. I didn't need that stuff. shit. I would have loved it. Do you have copies of the music? No, no. I, so, well, I was hoping what would be in there would be like a CD or a tape because I don't have a single demo from that band. And we recorded and everything. Everything went with the other guys, and I've never found a single recording from that band. Dude, I have bands like that too, oh. and I'm like, I, I was, I was like. I was in a band with a really unfortunate name because we thought we were fucking edgy. Uh, we were in a New band metal? called... No, no, no. This was like death metal. Uh, we were in a band called Shawcross because uh, Arthur Shawcross is like the famous murdering rapist of fucking Rochester, New York. So we were like, yeah, we'll be fucking that. That's fucking cool, right? So that was, that was our name. But like, <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. 
But anyways, like uh, we, I, dude, we recorded these demos and shit, and it was like some of my favorite guitar work I've done, and like I cannot find that shit anywhere to save my life. It's dude. gone. And I'm the, the, the dudes that I hope they listen, but the dudes that I recorded that shit with are fucking losers. So it's like I don't want to even like, talk to them <laughs> again to fucking like try to see if they oh, have copies. Oh of my it, god, so. dude, that happens to every band. Yep. That like I've you know that anybody that I've ever spoken to has lost music out there. And I always thought like somebody has to have a copy somewhere. You know what I mean? Like some person, <laughs> the amount of, the amount of CDs I've given out in my life, like one still has to exist. And I have a similar situation with a band that Anthony and I were in years ago where we released uh, like one song. It was quote, a quote unquote single, like a demo type thing. Cause somebody was like, Oh, you know, come to my studio. I'll record a song for you for free just to like, see how you like it. Oh yeah. So we recorded, we recorded a song and years later, I'm like, I want to hear that song. Cause I always remembered enjoying like playing it live and everything. And I'm I know how to play it still. Like it's one of those things. I cannot find a copy of this song anywhere. It's frustrating. And we and and like we had a decent sized following and everything. We would get rid of these CDs, you know, fucking easily, just giving them away and all that stuff. I can't find it. I can't find it. And the name of the song, Beneath the Cracked Ice. Awesome. Oh, Beneath nice. the Cracked Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. And That's great. I can't I can't fucking find it anywhere. If anybody listened to Anthony and I's old band. And the old, I'm not even going to say the name because it, you're not going to know it. But if you are aware of our old band, please find me this song. Please find me this CD. I'm I'll, begging you. I'll do one better for, for you guys. This will make Mike's day. It's a, kind of like an inside joke in our group chat with our friends here that I was in a very shitty new metal band uh, right out of high school and college. Um and the name of the band was New Skin, and that's <laughs> N-E-W-S-K-I-N, one word. Uh, I was brought in as a replacement guitar player because I previously the guy before me realized what a fucking bad band that it was. Uh, <laughs> and I was brought in because they were like, oh, we want to go heavier, right? And I was like, oh, sweet. You know, I play heavy guitar. And every time I'd fucking write a heavy riff... They'd be like, no, that's too heavy, bro. Like, we're that's not our style. And I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But anyways, we recorded an album. There's an album out there. Uh, the, 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 the main track that everyone knew us by was this song, Fucking Nightmare. And our big thing was we had a, a screamer guy, right, who was like, oh, he screams and he's badass. But then we had a girl who sang like Evanescence. Like, I mean, exactly like Evanescence to the point oh where like, God. it was almost like a joke how, how much of it was a ripoff. And dude, if anybody could find me any of the new skin material, we had two albums. So they're, they're out there and that's some of the stuff that I, I can't fucking find anything of. But we were like a local joke, dude. And so it was like <laughs> embarrassing to be in the band to the point where I had to finally just kind of bow out and be like, all right, I have to, I can't be yeah. associated with this anymore. I feel like there was yes. a, a, a missed opportunity with new skin being spelled N-U-S-K-I-N. Yeah. The, yeah. It, you know, I, I always felt that way too, but I, I guess they felt that maybe it was a little bit too like nail on the head, but like, 
That really, we probably would have gotten signed if, if we would have spelled yeah. it N-U instead was, of the fucking I was really, I was really uh, surprised that you actually like spelled it the way that it's That's supposed to be. That's why I had to, to clarify. Yeah. So. yeah. Because like I was expecting maybe a double N after you didn't Ooh, say N-U. I, I would like that. There we go. Or like See? an unlau over the U. You need to oh, do it. Who are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it? What year would that have been? It would have been 2005. 2005. I would have been playing in a hardcore band at that point. Dude, you weren't with it, dude. <laughs> New metal was where it was at at that time. <laughs> no, I was. I was never. Eh, maybe the band that I was in in like 11th grade or so would have been considered new metal. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, and then I ended up taking riffs from that band and turning it into like a hardcore band like type thing. <laughs> well, see, that was the pretty thing. Funny. I'm listening to like the, that time period. Like I'm a big Black Dahlia fan. Like Unhollowed, that's the fucking album for me at that time period. I'm listening to fucking like Laid to Rest from fucking Lamb of God and shit. So they bring me in, and that's the kind of stuff I'm trying to play. And they're they're playing like fucking POD, kind <laughs> of like fucking no, like. Don't hate on POD. I played with them. Super uh, nice I'm not, guys dude, I know I know they're your homies. I know they're your homies. <laughs> Shots fired. No joke. They were they were cool as fuck. They're like yeah, they man, were like they, the best they gave band us you've this ever food. played. You want some? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so nice. It was so, it was. I was like, dude. Like we play totally different like genres of music. You're like, like bro, I'm POD. Like, we got me high, fed we, me pizza, and then read me Bible <laughs> verses, bro. It was the best <laughs> night of my life. <laughs> well, we literally got on the show at the Paramount where like Slayer played there like the week before uh, as a joke because we were we were like you heard my old the band dealers, nothing like POD. <laughs> And I was like, dude, like, no joke, man. Like, not going to fuck around right now. Like, I love that fucking album. Like, when I was in, you know, whatever grade, I was like, dude, Southtown was sick. Dude, right? Hard what, knocks, payable dude. on death, whatever the hell that album was. Yeah. <laughs> it was sick. Come on. It's, dude, P.O.D. was just the Christian version of fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, Now, E-Town Concrete. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, yeah, I honestly like version. would get those two bands confused all the fucking time. So. Yeah, yeah. Who who sang Mandibles? All right, who the fuck did that one? No, that was Etam. Yeah. All right. So now that you got a history of all three of us, uh, you kind of know our background. We uh, we learned about the background of a very unsavory character in this week's media meltdown. Meltdown, meltdown, meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah so this week we watched unsolved mysteries season two episode three and no i'm not talking about the original series i'm talking about (laughs) the one from 2020 fucking bummer dude well here's the thing grizz goes here this is what we're doing we're doing unsolved mysteries this is this episode has a, a basic uh christmas connection but he's like, here, we're going to try doing this one. I'm like, okay. So what, what do you do when you're looking for those old episodes? You know, YouTube it. Cause they're all for free. They're all on there. It's like, <laughs> all right. Unsolved mysteries, season two, episode three. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? This has nothing to do with Christmas. What the fuck is he talking about? I'm watching this episode. And one of the fucking things, one of the mysteries 
is who burnt this fucking lady's kennel down that was filled with all these dogs. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? This is horrible. Like, this is legitimately terrible. It's like this little old lady talking about how, like, I just wanted to protect my babies. I'm like, oh, my God. This is the opposite of Christmas. So I, uh, I don't know how I figured it out finally. I think I looked at like the name of the episode and I'm like, wait, these original <laughs> ones don't really have names. It's just like season three, episode two, season two, episode one. I'm like, oh, fuck. I watched at least the, the wrong ones goddamn have fucking one. Robert Stack, dude. That's like the, the key oh, ingredient that's missing here. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So one thing I'm going to immediately say is I prefer the older episodes because you get multiple stories in one episode. Yeah. As opposed to the newer one where it just feels more like a true crime type uh, show sometimes. I only saw this one and then I watched one about a, an alien abduction because, of course, I'm going to watch that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it just felt like a generic show that you would watch on Netflix now. While the original ones feel like you're watching fucking, I mean, obviously you're watching Unsolved Mysteries, but like it has that like feeling of late 80s, early 90s reality TV based on, um, I guess, like police and fire departments and all sorts of shit. It just it hits that level of like entertainment where it's kind of a weird um it's like a weird story, but it's also mixed with like cops, sort of. That's like you know a what good, I mean. Like that's a good call, dude. There is something weird about a lot of like the documentary, quote unquote, shit that like you would watch, like Unsolved Mysteries and like Rescue Nine One One. Remember that was like a big show oh, from yes. that time period and stuff. Where it's like all these shows did have like this element of like, well, here's these police officers or these firemen that are going to lend credibility to this story. And it's like, that was a yeah. very central point of a lot of television shows of that era that I never really thought about until you just said it. But there's a lot of fucking cop interviews on these things. Yeah. They, they, why would this cop lie? Right? Cops right. don't lie. Right. Yeah, it's, it's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> Upstanding citizens. Yeah. So this new... Um, I guess, is it like a reboot yeah. of the original series? Yeah. So th this this series is pretty popular, it seems like. Because uh, when I asked a few people about it, they looked at me like I was fucking dumb that I didn't watch it. Oh, fucking I was like, I didn't even know this existed. Now, man. Spooky boys and girls. And they love this <laughs> stuff, dude. We, of course it's popular. We flew through it because Mariah growing up, she why well, was one of her favorite shows was Unsolved Mysteries. And the original one. Yeah, the original one. She loved it. She'd put it on at night and just fall asleep to Robert's voice because it's awesome. so soothing. And, uh, so you know, <laughs> we would watch it a lot together. So when we heard it was getting a reboot, we're like, hell yeah, let's watch that. And I will say, yeah, definitely does not hold up to the original at all. I'm also not a fan of it not being multiple shorter stories because then you have a tendency to kind of inflate and pad the episode to make it longer with stuff that Very you didn't much. really need. The, the one plus that I will say about the newer ones is that uh, the production value of them is really nice. Like, it's shot really well. Oh, they've, yeah. they've got a good crew behind them. It's just that I don't think it needs to be these really long episodes. I think they should do shorter ones again. But it looks great, and it's, it's they're entertaining. They're, they're fun to watch. They're interesting, but they're definitely riding on the coattails of this whole um, true crime, you know, fad that's that's in full effect right now. Why wouldn't they? But 
Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't have the same charm. Granted, I'm going to be nostalgic about the old ones too, but I don't know. Um, I still enjoyed it though. Overall, it was pretty cool. And and for me, dude, I love the like, the like what you just said, the true crime wave of things that's happening now. There's a million documentaries. It seems like every time you turn on uh, one of your streaming devices, there's a new you know true crime documentary about a case that's just happened and shit. And I love that stuff. I I, I fucking watch it all the time. But I didn't care for it in this format because I I wanted to watch Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to to experience similar things to what I was expecting from the original, which there are trace elements of it. You know, it's a story about something that they're laying into and stuff, but it it it, it just like you said, it progresses too long in one story and it it's just I don't know, man, like it it doesn't deliver on the spooky factor for me like even like the stories from the original that weren't like supernatural still gave me the fucking willies dude just because of like the way they were delivered and like the music and everything behind it it's just uh, it's just lacking what the original had just from off the top of my head from what i remember of the miswatch of the original uh episode um there was the one with the woman's dogs getting burned in this barn which is fucking horrific Another one that was memorable from it was like these guys that were sailing or whatever, and they just disappeared. And like years later, they found like the boat on an island and like one of the guys buried like on the island and no sign of anybody else. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's like, what the fuck happened to these people? Like, like, to me, that's the type of stuff that I like. And because it's only, you know, what, 10 minutes a segment in the original ones. It goes by quick and they're able to pack it with all the ridiculous shit. You don't need the filler, you know, the, the interview from some random person just saying, oh, yeah, that he was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. And person. it's like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, like you don't need that. I, I want to s- see like the weird ass shit going on, you know? Yeah, my criticism of this episode in particular is, it, I guess the, the no brainer question would be, is it really unsolved, though? They know exactly who did it. They know where he went. They know that he's still out there. They're just looking for yep. him. That's not really an unsolved mystery. They just did a bad just, fucking job. Yeah, it just means they haven't <laughs> caught him yet. That's not the same yeah. as like guys going on a boat and just disappearing. Imagine an, like, watching an episode where they point. say, guys went on a boat. We know exactly where they went. We've been tracking them. We've seen them multiple times over the years. We're just <laughs> yeah. waiting to go find them. That's not an unsolved mystery. So we, it, was, the, it was a cool story, <laughs> but gosh. Even more so, it would be like, oh, we gave the guy the fucking boat and we yeah. took him to the fucking island and we yeah. let him off and now we don't know what the fuck happened from here. Yeah. It's That's so, so stupid. Funny. This is like legitimately a story of like police incompetence. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and the stupidity <laughs> that follows. This the isn't pr- an unsolved mystery. The at prison all. incompetence is what it's really about. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. Unbelievable what they did. I mean, that's just stupid. The unsolved so mystery me, is how the fuck did these cops get the job that they have in the first place? <laughs> so let me give a rundown of what this episode is about. I'll give like a general idea of the case. Uh, this guy is basically like a sex fiend, uh, rapist murderer. He kills a little girl. He goes to jail for it. While in jail, he's like a model um, inmate. And they give him like a, a release, like a not a work release, but they're allowed to go shopping for Christmas for their family members. This is in the 60s. Unsupervised. Mind you. Yeah, this is the 60s. But still, like how fucking dumb does that sound? Like what a <laughs> dumb ass idea. 
and uh, this guy is let go into the mall, and he never comes back, and they never find him. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's yeah. he's let go into the mall without police supervision too. So they just let him go shopping. They let a, a they convicted say, back be back here at two thirty. Yeah, a convicted <laughs> child murderer go sh- yeah. Christmas shopping unsupervised. Not only that. Yeah. Convicted child murderer who's also had like repeated sex crimes before the child murdering. He's like a repeated fucking offender. Yeah. Who was on death fucking row. And the only reason he's not dead is because in the 72 or whatever it was, the government abolished the death penalty. So this motherfucker should have been dead for the crimes that he committed. And now he's being let free in a mall in Christmas time. That's fucking crazy. Like, this is insanity to me. What is, like, what, what is the point of that? Because obviously, if you have a life sentence, why wouldn't you try to fucking escape during a thing like that? Exactly. Why wouldn't you? You'd have to be dumb. You would have to be literally. Give me that opportunity, bro. I'm gone. I don't get it. Yeah, what are you going to add more time to my sentence? Ooh, you're going to kill me? You can't. They abolished that shit. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was what? The state of Ohio. Yeah. Um, got rid of the death penalty in whatever year. So all those people just ended up getting their death penalty turned into a life I'm sentence. I'm pretty sure it was the Supreme Court that abolished, like, uh, and then, like, you know, it's been turned over since. But I believe in 72, the Supreme Court abolished oh, I have no, the death oh, penalty. Oh, I don't know. I thought, I thought they were killing people in New York with the electric chair up until, like, <laughs> fairly recently. <laughs> no, I don't think that's I don't know well either way but like yeah who the like, fuck knows we're not yeah. historians <laughs> well I have a degree in history so speak for yourselves <laughs> oh my god you can't and I do know Japanese history as yeah, we're exactly. stating in our Shogun I mean, Assassin episode <laughs> you can attend my, my I have a lecture in about 15 minutes if you want to uh, zoom in on that we got time dude yeah what is that like Skillshare or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah. that thing I'm is? Doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this guy just basically runs away and he's been missing ever since. And they had like, we almost got gotcha you a couple times, but they were months behind. And like, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, I just don't feel like it fits the whole like unsolved mysteries thing. Like you guys were saying it, feels more like um an america's most wanted type mm-hmm. episode which he was on anything and that's exactly yes. where it belongs yes. yeah yeah are they gonna redo that one is oh that coming they're, back they, they're going they i think they did at one point actually i'm pretty sure well no 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 uh, john walsh came out with a similar show that was like what, uh, was that his name john walsh yeah is that, or is that the guy from the eagles no, I, those guys I, think, I think that's Joe Walsh. Yeah, that's the guy. Right, cool. I always get those guys confused. One has a dead kid. I don't remember which one it is. But anyways, oh the God, one that's that, Aaron Clapton. Oh yeah, that's right. He fell out the window. Um, but yeah, like the only good thing I think about this, you know, take on unsolved mysteries was the redo of the theme song. That fucking that that slapped as as Chase was saying. <laughs> like that? that that song really fucking got it, man. Dude, the original theme song is good. Yeah, it is I good. It, I like the modern take on it. If I had a phone in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a cell phone in 89, you'd use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what that would sound like. I love it. Uh, so uh, final thoughts on the modern Unsolved Mysteries episode with a slight Christmas uh, connection. I'm giving it a thumbs you- down. Yeah? Yeah, dude. 
Don't even bother. I don't like it. If they're all like this, I'm not into it. EK? I uh, I thought it was a, a really crazy story, like what he did. But oh yeah, I, I think that the unsolved mystery part would have been the very beginning. Had he have never been found after he escaped, that's an unsolved mystery. But the fact that the rest of the whole episode is about finding him and just not catching him, what's it? It has no <laughs> yeah. business being yeah. on unsolved mysteries. Yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's hit the trailer, and we will get into our holiday film of the week. Okay, we're back, and like we alluded to before, Mr. Ernest Kegstand over here is ready for our movie of the week. He has a bandana on, he's got some war paint on, <laughs> sleeveless shirt. Uh, do you have a, do you have an arm computer? I was going to, but I What's ran up, out man? of time. Oh, the power wow. glove. Yeah, I need the power glove. <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just tape a remote control to your arm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. But this week, we watched, um, technically, I guess, the 1989, but re more realistically, the 1990 um, Christmas... I'm not going to call it a classic because most people don't fucking know this movie. <laughs> uh, Deadly Games. Uh, 3615 Code Pierre Noel. Yeah, Very good. That nice. That's uh, That has to do with the... Um, oh, my God. What the hell was it called? That, you know that little computer machine mm -hmm. that the, the crazy guy's using in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that, that's, that that's code 3615. is... Yeah, it's like WWW, apparently. Like if you're looking Nerds. up a yeah, whatever. dial code Santa Claus, <laughs> that's what it was also called. See, I like that I like, name. Dial code Santa Claus yeah. is a good name. Yeah, it's cool. It was also called what's that other uh, hide and shriek or something like that, wasn't it? There was another one. Is that I've I didn't know that because like I've seen that name before too, and I didn't realize it was the same movie. That's fucking sweet. Well, there's that that might be hide and go shriek. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, See, you confusion. know they they always do that shit. Yeah. I like I like dial code Santa Claus. I do too. 
I think that's a more fitting name. Uh, Deadly Games just reminds me of, uh, what's that uh, movie? It's from the 80s, I believe, where it's like the track and field shit, the people getting killed. Oh, with the, I, Fatal I can see, Games. Like, the VHS cover now with like the hand grabbing the metal and shit. Yeah, yeah. Is, what fuck isn't is it? it called Fatal Games? Yes. Is that that's, Fatal that, Games? Yep, that's what it is called, 100%. I just think of the 1998 uh, fucking Survivor Series Deadly Games from WWF. <laughs> that's the only thing I can Are you sure of. it's... Are you sure it's not the 1983 movie Deadly Games? Yeah, <laughs> so many. There's also an 80, yeah, the 83 movie. That looked fucking horrible. I watched the trailer for the 1983 Deadly Games on mistake. That movie looks like trash. And that's an expensive tape that people pay a lot of money for. Shame on you for, for spending money on dribble that somebody put on camera. That looked very, very bad. <laughs> Hey man, maybe looks are you know might be deceiving. Maybe you'll actually like it. I mean, look at the uh, shit we watch. Maybe you're into. Maybe it. Maybe it's you know, a shitty true. trailer. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, how often does that happen though? Can you name a shitty trailer? Yeah, mm, the one I grew up in was pretty bad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a trailer where I was like, that was that was fucking terrible. See, yeah, it's tough because, like, I'm sure there's, like, bad movies that have fucking equally bad trailers, but I don't, like, no trailer to me is rememberable where I'm like, dude, that trailer fucking, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. So, really? There's none yeah. that you're just like, oh, no, dude, I don't have that kind of memory. EK, are there any trailers where, like, when you see it, you're like, damn, like, that's a fucking awesome trailer? Yeah. Uh, the trailer for Alien Seed, the AIP film. That uh, had Eric Estrada <laughs> in it. When we saw it, we were watching our elves tape, you know, that Christmas AIP horror elves. We were watching it and it's it, the trailer comes on before that. And Ryan and I both were like, this looks like the greatest movie ever made. And uh, I, I got the tape. <laughs> we did the episode because we were sucked in. I still think to date it's probably one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. Now, really? is it as equally of a good movie as it is a trailer? It depends on who you're asking. I think it's amazing. <laughs> what Nightmare on Elm Street trailer is the one where Freddy's arm comes out of the house, the popsicle stick house, like on the bed? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Do either of you know that one? I just said I don't remember trailers. Well, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> Jeez. I'm trying to get you sharp again, all right? We're trying to sharpen that blade. I'm working blade. on it, dude. I'm working on it. <laughs> so uh, Deadly Games. Basically, a uh, kid is home with his grandfather who looks to be his great-grandfather because he's just uh, shuffling around. Um He's home with his grandfather when a mysterious attacker assaults the house dressed as Santa Claus. And it kind of reminds me of a less uh, aggressive Tales from the Crypt season one, episode two, mm. where you have Santa Claus who's a fucking axe murderer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like a similar thing, like deranged Santa Claus coming to get you. You know? So, dude, I didn't know what to expect going into this movie. I've never seen it before. I never heard of it until uh, we started talking about it last week and it, it popped up on like the things that I was searching for. And, dude, I'm still 
unsure of how I feel after watching this movie. This this fucking movie made me cry human tears. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding with what? you. I fucking cried at a part of this movie as an as a grown man. This movie made me feel things that very few movies have made me feel in a long time. Wait, are you being serious? I'm dead fucking serious. It was the dog dude. scene, wasn't it? It was not the death <laughs> of the dog, EK. It's when he was oh. fucking burying oh, the dog. Oh yeah, yeah, that is a rough that that's shit a rough scene. Fucked me up so I don't even want to talk about it, dude. It's fucking bad. Remembering all the good times with his pal oh, JR, right? Oh. God dude. And he makes that makeshift cross. That's great. Oh, oh, and he's grabbing the fucking mud, dude, and he's oh the pain. God uh, damn it, dude. This movie um, did it for a, me. Just a side note, when I die, can one of you make a cross out of a samurai sword and a fucking oh, yeah. hunting knife? Yeah, from for it? sure. Totally. We can arrange that. That's, that's doable. That's how I want to go. On the list. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so this movie is kind of similar to Home Alone, only um you actually feel like the kid is going to die in the movie. Though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not as humorous. I don't know if that's because, you know, it's a, it's a French movie. Maybe the humor is a little different over there than over here. Um, but like home Alone's very like slapstick at points and shit like that. And this one has some funny moments in it. It'll make you laugh, but it's a pretty tense movie. For what I assume is a kids movie, right? This probably isn't. No, it wasn't really geared, geared towards, towards kids. No, it was. No, yeah. really. Um, and it was pretty intentional to make it as dark as it was. I was uh, reading some interviews with the director, and you know, he said he wanted to keep that element to to not let people forget that this is a little kid. So there's several scenes. This is what one of the things I love about this movie. There are several scenes where in a normal Hollywood movie. That kid wouldn't have shown that kind of weakness, but he really breaks down on several occasions. And you're reminded like, man, we're watching a little kid right now deal with some really heavy stuff. And it's not the wet bandits having their heads set on fire. It's like a deranged killer actually killing people. So it's pretty dark. Dude, and, and to yeah. make it even darker and like the, the what honestly even made me feel heavier about this film is that like, like you're saying, he's a kid and the whole thing that's going on is that his whole thing was that he wanted to prove Santa was real and everyone fucking told him that dude if you see Santa he turns into like this crazy fucking like you know ogre and shit like that you don't want to see him because he'll fucking kill you and shit and the kid's like no I'm going to be the first kid to get Santa Claus to see him he's going to record him on these cameras and shit and like at the end of it he's blaming himself there's like these moments where like he's like I'm responsible because I wanted to fucking see Santa Claus like my grandpa's gonna die because like I'm fucking a stupid kid who had to see Santa. This shit is heavy as fuck, dude. Jesus Christ, dude. The ending of this. Uh, well, actually, we'll wait on that a little bit. But the guy that they have playing um, the killer Santa Claus, I don't think you ever get a name from him. Um he is one fucking crazy looking motherfucker in this movie. Patrick Florsheim, I guess. He's like a say pretty it? big deal in like French cinematography, I guess. He's in like a bunch of fucking <laughs> movies. He's also in like a bunch of video games. He's like a video game voice actor for like a ton of video games. Well, he looks like a fucking madman in this shit. Jesus, especially when he like spray paints his hair white. 
Oh, and he like actually it? starts kind of inc- looking like Santa Claus. It's a bit. incredible, man. What and you know what's fucking nuts? The other up. thing about this movie is, you know, we're saying killer Santa, but the the deeper narrative that's running under all of this is that you're not only fearing for the kid's life as just on the basic level of not being murdered, but he's a child predator. Like, there's no doubt about that. And so it's like he's not only out just for blood. You don't really know what his intentions are to begin with, with this child. Like, it could go either way. That's what made it really tense for me, because there's that scene where he's, you know, slaps that girl for revealing that he's not Santa, but he's caressing her face and he's looking at her longingly, and it's really creepy. And so in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, like, if he does catch him, I'm not thinking he's just wanting to kill him. Like, I don't know what his intentions are. And that makes it way, way darker than just a slasher film. I I didn't I didn't read into that like so much, but I could totally see that now in that scene where like that was probably what they were trying to get across with like how long they spent with like the like the face touching and shit like that that you're saying that like there is. And I have a hard time like figuring out the motive of of that Santa Claus character guy. Because it's like, is is he, like you said, is he a sexual predator? Um, is he just like a legitimate crazy person? Because there was like, there's like moments where he's like chasing him throughout the whole first half of this film in this house. And then he finally has him cornered and he does like this weird, like, you know, hide and go seek thing mm-hmm. where he's like, all right, now I'm going to go hide and you come find me. And I'm like, is this dude just fucking crazy? Like, what is like the driving uh force for this santa claus character is it is it the revenge for the the mother but like it just seemed kind of weird to me i think it's just that he's like fucking unstable Mm -hmm. and that he's got some sort of like mental disability because he's like trying to play with the kids in the beginning and they like fucking are like what the fuck and they like just book it um that whole thing with him being like you lose now you come find me he's like count to 20 no cheating and he runs away and he the way he looks at the toy train he's all like fucking like he's looking at it oh, like yeah he's so like maybe he's supposed to have like, like this child mentality like he's like a child in his own brain like he's kind of like not uh but like just mentally like uh at a different place where then he is like you know physically in his mind kind of a thing yeah because i feel like that's where they get the name of the movie well at least deadly games from that like he's playing a ge- he's playing a game with the kid when he's you know what i mean and yeah, he's sure. and he's tormenting him i think that's part of it too is like it's this back and forth it kind of reminds me of christmas evil like once he crosses over and starts spray painting his beard and stuff like that with the fake snow that's where it's like we've gone past the line now there's there's a point of no return you know where this this yeah. character development has gone to a whole new place where from that point on He's more evil than kind of naive, but there are these brief moments throughout the rest of the film where he kind of pops out of it for a second and just is kind of confused at where he's at. But then he snaps right back into just being like pure evil. And there's some scenes in here, like no joke, that were like truly terrifying scenes that I thought were amazing. Not only were they shot amazing, but that actor to play Santa is all in and he sells Holy that character, shit. man. He's it is for that reason alone makes this film pretty incredible because that that guy is very believable in the role. You believe he's crazy. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I am terrified of that person. If like 
that actor scares the fuck out of me more than any horror character like of put freddy and like the fucking dudes in the masks and shit dude that dude's more terrifying 100 percent. got the crazy eyes yeah right? dude dude it's just something about him man and like it's the the unpredictability of him of like not knowing the intention fully behind him that makes it almost that much more terrifying very very weird yeah well like they show him initially uh initially kill the delivery guy mm-hmm. right and like you, you kind of see it off screen like he gets pulled into the van and then once he goes into the house, the dog attacks him and he stabs the dog with like a like a pie serving, what like a pie server, mm-hmm. whatever the hell that would be called. But the way that they show the dog being killed is not like how you would see it in Halloween or whatever. No. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, you Dude. could see the thing like the pie server like hit the dog like to the to the right of the dog you could see it doesn't actually line up with where the dog would physically be but still but, like it's fucking brutal to see that in a movie and i feel like they do that intentionally they don't show you that first kill you think it's going to be super kind of like you mm-hmm. know one of those types of late 80s movies and then once you get in the house all of a sudden it's like Shocking. this guy just fucking yeah this this guy just fucking butchers this dog it's like holy shit and dude what makes and i think what uh what the payoff to that scene is even more is that you have the child there and he is in this moment of like pure excitement and wonderment because this is the first chance that he's actually seeing santa claus to him this is it like he's Mm -hmm. gonna fucking see santa for the first time and it's gonna be this amazing experience and, and the dog is attacking Santa. And he's like, oh, you got to get out of here, dog. He's like, he's worried that the dog is going to like, you know, ruin the experience for him. And then the fucking utter shock that that kid experiences when he sees Santa Claus kill his dog. Dude, the entire like buildup to that payoff of the death of the dog is a roller coaster. It fucking shocked me. When he stabbed the dog, I jumped back like, Whoa. I was like, holy shit, this did not just happen. <laughs> so this very few movies do what this movie did for me, where I am like really fucking engaged, man. I loved this. Invested. I think yes. Yeah, I think the, the mark of a like really good villain in a horror movie is that you can't just be scared by them when they kill. You have to be scared at all times. And what he does really well is it's not like he's terrifying only when he's trying to kill. He's so unpredictable and unhinged the entire film that you can't ever get a grip on his intentions, which makes it unnerving from the moment you see him till the moment it's over is you you never think he's going to like be reasoned with or anything. There's just nothing there. It's like just vacant in his stare. It's just pure rage and unpredictability and the moment for me that was probably the scariest wasn't even a wasn't even a kill but I think it's probably like one of the best movies ever in a horror movie is or one of the best scenes ever in a horror movie is when they get in the car to leave and it's not starting up and the the door rises and he's just standing there in the snow staring at them and I'm like okay well this looks really great cinematography wise it looks beautiful but then when he rushes at them and instead of just trying to get in the car or something he doesn't hesitate. He like headbutts the windshield, and it's so <laughs> insane. It's so terrifying, savage. And they're screaming inside, and I'm like feeling for this family right now. And I just, 
I don't know, it's sold so well that I'm like, this is way more terrifying than seeing him kill somebody. It's just the, the yeah. absolute chaos that's happening in front of i have that marked down as my favorite scene yeah that's mine too yeah is is that attack in the garage just because the the way they filmed it the lighting the intensity of the character he's got the fucking sludge hammer and he's attacking the car it's so intense yet it's so fucking beautiful how they filmed it yeah and it, it just the juxtaposition of everything that's happening in that scene. I was just so blown away by it. It's so good. And I feel like it's a cool, I guess it's a, considered a trope to have the old man, the grandfather, because it now it's like trying to do everything with like a 150 pound weight on your ankle. Mm-hmm. It's a hindrance. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's the little kid would be able to probably handle himself better if he didn't have to take care of the grandpa also. And usually it's like, oh, like a jock guy and like the bimbo girl or it's, you know, uh, a normal 14, 15 year old kid. And then like his older sister or some shit like that. This one, it's like a fucking 10 year old boy and is like 85 year old (laughs) diabetic grandpa that's like on, you know, knocking on heaven's door. It's really kind of cool how they add that in where it's like no matter what this kid does. He's always got to also, you know, keep in the back of his mind, like, where's my grandpa? You know what I mean? Like, how can I keep him safe? He has to go save him at one point. It's he, like you said, he makes a dumb decision getting the fucking train. He like just runs out of his hiding spot because he knows that the train's going to explode, which let me add, putting the gunpowder in that fake grenade and then putting the marbles in it like a fucking IED. Jesus Christ. But this kid's on his that, shit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, he's one step above, well, multiple steps above Kevin McAllister. Yeah. For sure. Oh, he'd murder him. He but would using, straight up murder him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but using the grandpa character as almost like a, you know, like a, I don't even, I don't even know. Like it's, it's a hindrance to the kid where he can't do everything he really wants, and it works in a way that you still like the grandpa you're not just like oh leave him to die no yeah you, you know? definitely like, oh, just like let the him... grandpa still you don't want the grandpa to die at all and it has a lot to do with the power of the acting of that child he his emotions towards his grandpa and how like he how much he cares for him and wants to protect his grandpa makes you root for the grandpa because you're rooting for the kid the whole time so like to lose the grandpa would be like losing that dog man like that that losing that dog fucked me up just because of the connection that i saw the dog and the child already have so like to lose the grandpa too would have been like real fucking downer which i don't think this movie needed any more of that uh, to it anyways because like honestly from like the about the first like 10 minutes in like i just kind of felt like i was in this weird psychedelic trip watching this film that like well, just because of like the way it looks and like how like it's kind of like twisting and turning how I'm supposed to feel about things and like it's it's just this really weird ride. The way the house is, the house is this trippy fucking like maze of a house that they're in, and like like the scene with like the artwork and there's like a face on the fucking ground and shit, dude. Amazing. It's trippy as fuck, man. Like I was like, this movie yeah. is like fucking with me really in a good way so another great aspect of the film was just how everything looked i think it was intentional too and i think one of the 
brilliant parts about this film in particular is all the characters in the film are super relatable on a human level. Like why you care for the grandpa is because you see the boy has a real heart. He's not just out to survive for himself. Like to bring it back to home alone, Kevin doesn't have to deal with anybody else. He's just surviving for himself. But to see that this kid like stashes his grandpa in the suit of armor, it's clever, but he's also being like, I'll do whatever it takes to keep him alive. So the characters in the film are really relatable and realistic and their relationships are amazing. Like they have a real dynamic there. But when you pull out from that and you look away, it's done in this real fairy tale like setting where the entire house is fake. It's all set design. It's a miniature model of this mansion. And what that does... Great miniature. Oh, it's incredible. And what it does is it gives the entire story a kind of grim fairy tale feel. So from the outside looking in, it looks like this magical story. And then when you get down into it, it's this really gritty, you know, relatable story. It's just, it works on all these levels. It's pretty brilliant. And you just don't see that very often. Yeah, and even the mom who's supposed to be like the workaholic parent, like... I guess kind of like an absent parent type thing. Uh, you even like her. She doesn't do. even come off as like a piece no. of shit. Yeah. No, dude, you I, know? I care for it, her and, I, and her relationship. I really do. And I do like how they also make it really believable where she heads home immediately, but there's a snowstorm going on. So she gets trapped in the car. Yeah. Like, and there's not, you're, you're stuck. It's 1989. Like, oh, what dude. the fuck are you going to do? We got to talk about the fucking when when the kids got the guy got the santa claus in the in the in the cop car in the storm and shit like that and they crash and he's got the fucking gun that scene is so intense when he's like a, when he shoots the fucking santa finally and stuff dude like that that whole like up to the point where like even the way like you know he he shoots him in the fucking leg and he crawls back into the house to get the grandpa and then the fucking Santa Claus is back in the house. And the way he looks after being in the mud mm-hmm. and the snow and everything. Amazing. Tru- truly looks like an ogre, right? At that point. Yeah. Yo, that's a great. I didn't even fucking think of that. Jesus fucking Christ. But yes, he does look like a fucking ogre. And that's fucking brilliant. God damn this movie. Thank you for putting that together for me. And I, I like how they use the grandpa as like the final, like he finally comes through. He's like blind because I'm fairly certain um, if you're like a terrible diabetic, like your eyesight starts going too. So he could barely see. And they show you this throughout the movie. It looks like there's Vaseline on the lens. <laughs> but he he grabs the gun and eventually shoots Santa Claus, killing him finally. In the nick of and time. dude, fucking that whole every time the gun is involved, it doesn't feel like a throwaway device. Where in a lot of these movies, like the gun, and it's like, oh, like, you know, nothing's going to happen. It feels very powerful in this movie, right? Like, it's actually, like, it's actually going to stop this guy. It's just a crazy person. It's not a supernatural thing and all that shit. And I feel like the way that they have the grandpa be the the final savior of everything, like, it's just awesome. Really good. It really is. Just because the savior has been the, the child to the grandpa the whole time. So to have that final turn was just a real sweet like twist and tie around to everything. Really great ending. Yeah, and Man. it's it's incredible too because 
it could have just been a slasher. It could have just been a straight up horror movie. But what they did was wrapped it in this larger package of being really whimsical with the house, with all these rooms, with the secret passages, with this kid being a computer whiz. Like, so it's got, Oh yeah, that's, that's it's nuts. so watchable. <laughs> it's so rewatchable because it's not like, okay, cool. We'll just watch another holiday slasher. It's like, we're going to watch this dark, crazy film, but it's got this, other element to it that's just fun to watch the the rooms that they go through all the secret passages the toy room that's got this bridge and stuff it's like goonies or something you know it's amazing fucking cool the set design it's incredible so it's like it really wild i just like that it works on so many levels and it's not just kind of one-dimensional it's it's really quite an accomplishment we have to mention the fucking music in this movie also yeah (laughs) starting (laughs) starts off with the uh, Eye of the Tiger ripoff. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yes. Is, it is 100% Eye of the Fucking Tiger, but with the chorus being, Christmas! <laughs> it's the Christmas! Dude, they kept saying that. That, that is the voice that it is saying. Oh, yeah, it sounds just like it. At all. That's the fucking voice. It is the worst song of all time. But the rest of the music in this movie kicks ass. Yeah. A whole fucking bunch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of contemporary music, right, of the time. Uh, which always feels cool when you're watching it in, you know, 2021. It's like, oh, this is like the hit music. And it's like, oh, this isn't even on the oldie station anymore. I like this shit. <laughs> but, you know, it kind of feels almost like how Demons has all that music, like just regular fucking music in it. And it makes the movie feel just a little, a little cooler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that regular soundtrack. It's got a little like hip shit mixed it's got in. Some upbeatness to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like it adds to the package of this movie. Right? They this is the total package when it comes to I don't even know. So this is a horror film. I would say it's light horror. Mm-hmm. Psychological <laughs> like it's thriller. Yeah, because really I mean, besides the like the dog getting killed and like the caretakers mm. getting killed. Like, not much of it is, like, legitimate horror movie shit. It's Home Alone. Is Home Alone a horror movie? You know? This like, is definitely darker yeah. than Home Alone. Even just, like, the way that uh, the, you know, antagonist of Santa Claus is being portrayed as much darker than the the burglars, the wet bandits in Home Alone. So I could definitely, I would put this farther on the scale of horror than I would Home Alone for sure. But I, it's not like, this is the fucking gory fucking horror movie. You know, it's not that. It's it's a psychological thriller. It's it's a really creepy fucking movie, man, at, at the base of it. Yeah, I would say, but keep in mind, like, in Home Alone, Kevin's not getting stabbed in the leg. He's not shooting somebody with a gun. Like, you know, these are like real major things that are happening. The other thing that makes this more of a of a thriller, really, is that this kid doesn't have it all figured out. He's not all smooth and, and all these cool contraptions work. This kid is, like, trying everything that he can with his limited knowledge of being a child still to just survive the terror that's happening. So it's like, on one hand, it is fun. And this is some of the criticism of this is that it's a little lopsided, where it leans a little on the fun kid side. And pulls you in, but then once you're in, it's like, hey, by the way, this isn't a kid's movie. <laughs> you know, this guy just got yeah. murdered, <laughs> you know, and so you, it, it's hard to kind of find the tone in it. But at the core of it, 
Yeah, I mean, this kid's getting sliced up and people are dying. And out, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Kevin McAllister was not uh, even playing the same game as this yeah. kid. This kid no. was trying to kill that yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, sure. He wasn't trying to just fucking hurt his feet or something like that. Him would have hit him with a paint can. And, it's and, like, no, this guy, he was trying to kill him. And my hat's <laughs> off to this fucking kid. He's like a big time special effects dude now in Hollywood. He does like a bunch of the fucking like Marvel movies and all that shit. Uh, but like his acting in this movie mm. is what was what makes this movie so fucking good. Honestly, if this kid wasn't as on point with his emotions as he is in this movie, I would have not have been as interested in this story at all. His terror is so believable. His his like you know when he when like, like you were just saying Kate, when things aren't going perfect when things are going uh his contraptions aren't working and stuff the fucking franticness and the the absolute horror that he's portraying is what makes this feel like a horror movie it, it's it's his acting that makes this feel like a thriller it's, mm-hmm. it's so fucking good on that level he somehow makes you feel sympathy and like a spoiled rich kid. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah believe me. <laughs> but yeah, he is a spoiled rich out. kid. You know, that's the craziest thing is he's living in this mansion, but he's got so much, I don't know, there's just so much compassion. You know, there's, I guess they give him way more emotional range to work with than Kevin had in Home Alone. Like, this kid gets to display all the acting chops, and I notoriously hate child actors because of that reason. Yeah. And this kid delivers. <laughs> so you have your lead being a child delivering all the range that is necessary from a, a seasoned adult actor and still pulling it off. And then your cast on top of that is this crazy Santa who is also knocking it out of the park. So, I mean, it's just, it's a win-win. I think everything just fell into place on this one. I agree. I agree. So uh, I guess we kind of already gave our final <laughs> thoughts with this, right? I feel like everybody knows that we uh, we liked this one hundred. Yeah, we one hundred percent suggest you watch it. You could cry like Grizz during the part where they show the dog dying, and then all like the happy moments. If you don't, um, you're not a fucking human being, Michael. Jesus Christ! How did you not feel for that goddamn child? I I, I know I know. Ek cried. and Maria were holding each other in a warm embrace trying to forget about the poor dog after that scene because they're they have real human emotions so i i I bet you uh i bet you grizz cried during the part in zombie land where woody harrelson is like bathing his child i'm like eating breakfast with him (laughs) don't even bring it up you're trying to do to me soft (laughs) so i uh, am who i am okay (laughs) that's true so uh anything else guys anything you want to add anything you think you you missed no i mean this is just this is really an incredible film i'm i'm really happy i tried to track this down a few years ago i had a friend tell me about obscure christmas movies and that's when i found bloodbeat and uh hellbent and all these other ones and this was on the list and i just wasn't able to find it And then I finally found a rip on YouTube that same. This was probably like 18 or 19, somewhere around there. And it was only in French. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. So I watched part (laughs) of that. And I was like, well, I'll just wait until I find it, you know, in in dubbed. And I couldn't find a copy. So the fact that now it's got this amazing Blu-ray release and it's being introduced to this huge new audience makes me really happy because I... I just think it's an incredible film, but it's there was no way to find it. There just was no way to even yeah. watch it. And so I think this is a real, this is a, a moment, a good example of why films need to be kind of 
refound, re-released to a wider audience because of this exact connection. We just assume everything came out on VHS or something, but it didn't. You know, everything wasn't available to everybody. So we're in a moment right now where when we say go check out this film for the first time, people actually can go check out this film. Yeah, it had an extremely limited original release, um, some film festivals, very small theatrical run, like extremely small. And other than that, it, it was pretty much shelved until, right, until Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, hats uh, off to them for having put out, put out the Blu-ray. I know that there was like, you know, random bootlegs, this and that throughout the years on tape. But I don't I don't know if there's an original release of this. Is there? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't. There's a there's there yeah there's one? a pal there's a French release um, and I think there might have been a German release too. It was really popular in France after the run. It just wasn't popular in Paris, you know, like it just didn't get accepted there. But it it but it did. It became this kind of cult classic in France where it started getting bootlegged a lot huh. and uh, just you know just didn't find it its way be. over here yet. And so yeah, it, hats off for them doing a scan and re-releasing it and all that. It's, it's a killer movie. It's awesome. Yeah, and the scan looks great. Right. Yeah. I will be buying the Blu-ray yeah. 100%. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Let's head over to the video Dropbox and see what we're doing next week. We're back in the video Dropbox, and uh, we're pretty excited about next week's movie. This is technically, I guess, our Christmas <laughs> spectacular episode. We will be watching the 1995 Spanish horror film, The Day of the Beast. El Dia metal- de la Bestia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a metal horror film, right? Um, I've seen half of this movie. I have yet to see the whole thing. Grizz, you've never seen this before. No, but it's about um, the birthing of me. So this should be really fucking <laughs> cool, man. I've, I've, I'd love to see yeah. this. What's more Christmassy than the birth of the Antichrist? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? You don't like that, EK? No, I'm You're saying that's exactly fucking... what's expected for Bad Taste Video Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit the trailer.
soportar esta cruz? Sí. Yeah, this one is pretty cool. Uh, you got it. It's cool to think about that this movie came out in 1995 and there's a black metal aficionado working at the fucking record store. So this is like during that peak second, right? That's considered second wave black metal around yeah, that period. Right in that middle of the second wave. Yeah, 95. Well, it's like towards the end of the second wave, but it's still primo. Pretty cool, man. You're, I think you're really going to like it. I remember liking at least what I saw. This was on the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, so... That's how I saw part of it, and then I believe I fell asleep because I'm an old man now. <laughs> yeah, you guys can prepare uh, for uh, lots of shitty Spanish from me next week, so get ready for that. <laughs> oh, oh nice. yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. What, let's see, wait, let me look at the... Uh, oh, my God, I'm going to make you say everybody's name that's in this <laughs> We know how Every good I am Every actor and actress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's up. Oh, man, so yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We always love doing metal movies. This one, I feel like, isn't spoken about as much, right? You don't really hear people talking about this, no, even though it even, all. even though it was on the last drive-in, you still don't hear people really talking about it that much. And it's pretty surprising that this movie came out in 1995, because from what it looked like, it didn't really look like 95. Who knows? So, so, I know you guys hate this part of the show, but I think it's time to wrap it up. Mr. Ernie Kegstand of the Laser Graves clan, thank you for showing your face again <laughs> and loaning your voice for the people oh, out there. Painted up like a doll for us. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Uh, it's fun as always. Oh, he's, he, I think this is the... You'll always be our G.I. This, this is probably the first non-Polonia brother episode I've been on in a long time. It is. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, actually. It's uh, a little surprising, yeah. right? <laughs> I, I thought we were going to bring you on for... Um, what were we going to do? Bad Magic? Oh, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, we got we to get a copy of yeah, Bad Magic. Yeah, one of us has to. Happen. Yeah. 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 Or Hallucinations or something. We were going to do one of those movies, but... More instead, we had you on for this. <laughs> Deadly Game scenes. style code. Hell yeah, it's film rules. <laughs> Uh, the big question that we have to ask, will you be watching Feeders 2? Oh, it's essential viewing. Essential. essential. Will the, uh, there will you, the girls be gathered around the TV <laughs> and, and watching it with you? Have your girls watched it? They have not watched it, but Mariah and I have at least three must-watches every year, and it's Feeders 2, Elves, and uh, Santa's Sleigh. Those are like, we have to watch those. Nice. Dude. Dude, Santa's sleigh is such a sleeper. Wow, that's a lot of S's. Um, because <laughs> people see Goldberg and immediately think the movie's going to be nah. shit. They think it's that, like, 2000s um, garbage. You I know, thought that just for a like, long time. Well, just like Dead End. Like, you think it's going to be this, like, 2000s trash, and it's actually, like, you know, a, a diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah, and I feel right. like that's the same with Santa's yeah. sleigh. Like, that movie's fucking yeah. awesome. Super entertaining. Bill Goldberg somehow is extremely good in that movie. He just plays Goldberg pretty much, which is <laughs> I was gonna say it's just Goldberg. But, <laughs> yeah, but that that one man, that's that's on my list of essential Christmas movies. Yeah. 
definitely have to watch Santa Slay. I've never seen Elves. Oh, man. I've seen the tape yeah. around. I don't Elves own it. Great. I heard it's, it's something. Is it? Yeah, we covered it, I think, two Christmases ago on Laser Graves. We did Elves. Uh, and that was, man, it's a lot of fun. Definitely worth having. Yeah, classic sure. AIP. Maybe I'll watch that this year. I got to add some stuff. I still have to watch him. Peters, too. I'm going to. I'm good, well, I'm gonna wait for uh, for Christmas Eve, maybe for feeders too. I'll make everybody Christ- watch Christmas it. Christmas Eve, I I have decided that I will be doing the Christmas Evil. Mm. That uh, oh. is, yeah. it's my favorite Evil Santa Claus movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's appropriate to visit. It's been two years since I watched it, since we covered it on the podcast, and uh, it's time for a revisit. So. I'll watch that Christmas night. Nice. I love that it's one. Perfect. What a what yeah. a good movie. All right, where? Well, first of all, EK, do you want to plug anything? Do you, anything at um, all? I guess if you guys want to check out the podcast, we're at lasergraves.com. You can check out all our back episodes and then follow us over on Instagram at lasergraves. You know, we've got a bunch of bunch of shows you can go check out. We've been around for a few years, so if you're just discovering it, uh, there's plenty plenty to go back on. If, if you're just where, discovering his podcast, go listen to the Elf episode yeah. because it is my favorite episode. <laughs> EK, where can they find you on Apple iTunes? Not the podcast. Where can they find you, baby? Uh, just under EK Wimmer. Yeah, they'd be able to find my music there and um, also on Instagram under that as well. There you go. Chris, where can they find your dumbass on the <laughs> internet? You can find me any place you want to be on the internet. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me and all my dumb shit at Bad Taste Video. And you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Please subscribe to our feed wherever you're listening to us. Rate us five stars or whatever the highest fucking thing is. Leave a good <laughs> review. We will reward we will reward you if you leave us something that makes us laugh that is still an ongoing process i know that the uh the reviews i think are delayed so you know might take a little time who <laughs> yeah, knows these sides so maybe aren't I'm just telling yet, myself that so let's go yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i'm missing something though oh send us your stories your supernatural yes. your oh, alien story, your cryptid anything we need more stories please we are begging you so we will see you next week with no nobody wants to say it in spanish again <laughs> oh you want uh, was that yeah, my friends go you're on <laughs> <I had> to... <laughs> el dia de la bestia <laughs> 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 <laughs>